0: The 307RPG podcast is streamed live every Sunday morning on slash 307RPG at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. You can also find us at our website, 307RPG.com, on YouTube, and on most podcasting apps. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 307RPG podcast. I'm Patrick. Hi, I'm Nolan. I'm Zach. Fellas, what's new aside from these fancy backgrounds that Zach and I are playing with?
1: I feel so left out.
0: Well, get one yourself. Join the club. I When I popped in with the video chat, it's like, try a new background. I'm like, uh, okay, why not?
1: There we go. Yeah. I can't see the mess behind me. Perfect. Oh, perfect. You just blurred your background. That's awesome, actually. I, uh. I should do that. A fat stack of books I still have not put away after several yeah, months. Exactly.
0: <laughs> anyway. Guys, what's new? Um, nothing for me. It's been a very slow, well, slow in theory week for me. But how about you guys? Did you guys have a great Thanksgiving? Yeah, I did. Mine was mine was nice and easy,
2: but apparently Nolan's wasn't.
1: Oh my goodness! I turned off stream room. Uh, nope we uh, my o- oldest got sick the night before, so oh. so we stayed home and sat on the couch. And then I have uh, by missing out on going and seeing my in laws, the law of karma plays out, and uh, I too now have caught a little cold. So oh no, there is always a price mm-hmm. to pay. But we sat on the couch and he slept while hugging a puke bucket, and uh, I did get caught up on a lot of shows. Cowboy Bebop was great. Wheel of Time is fantastic. Uh, yeah, we watched the new He-Man, uh, part two, and, uh, I refused to look at reviews for that because it was great and I enjoyed it and they did a nice job of bringing it full circle. So again, just more, uh, more great shows. But before we get sidetracked on that, I will shut up because we did that last week.
0: Okay. But I have to ask because you mentioned it, what did you think of Wheel of Time?
1: I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I saw that they are halfway done with season two. They were already greenlit. It's already been filming. And uh, he, the director, was saying something along the lines of, by the end of season two, we will finally let you know who the Dragon Reborn is, but we're trying to, like, we know not everybody's read the book, and we want that to be a big deal. And so seeing them have that mentality, um, it made me have, like, I want more character development, I guess, just because I feel like, it, it is a lot early to get to know all these characters, and they're all those things I think everybody has highlights they're waiting for. And so the fact that they're going to take almost two seasons to kind of give us that build in those characters I think is really great. Also reading the same interview that he had done, he said that he imagined it. He has stuff written out to be able to tell the whole tale through about eight seasons, and he goes we may not get that far and may not last that long he goes but if we didn't have a plan he goes i didn't want it to be like hey we're five seasons in and we don't know what the hell we're doing and have it end horribly and so he is a huge fan of the books which i really enjoyed his mother is a huge fan of the books so anytime he wrote something he would send it to his mom and she'd be like that's not how it happened. Or you didn't do that right. Or this isn't the right way to do it. And so he goes, He goes. she should probably be you know, cited as a credit for a lot of this. But if it didn't pass the mom test, it didn't make it in. And she's a bigger fan than I am. So I thought that was really cool. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I hate waiting every week to get something else to come out. But so far, really cool. I, I've enjoyed it. Are you through episode four then? Yeah. Okay.
0: And Zach, I know you're not going to watch the show.
2: I did actually. Did you? Okay, now I have thoughts? I watched the first three episodes. I think that what I was afraid was going to happen is what is going to happen. That it's probably going to end up being a good TV show, but I don't think it's a good adaptation of the books. I think they've mixed up character moments. And in some instances, given them to different characters completely.
0: How so? Be a little bit more specific
1: on that.
2: I think... Having the white cloaks show up so early to speak to Moraine, I don't think that happened in the books. That was a big moment for Perrin when he meets these people and realizes that even if he can't channel, that if there's anything different about him at all, that these people are going to oppress him. And it makes him it makes him keep the thing
0: that makes him so special to himself from every appreciate the vagueness there um I I guess in in like I was telling my wife it's been more than 30 years since I've read Eye of the World so I don't remember I mean I remember the story but I don't remember a lot of the the so to
2: speak and I'm trying to be vague and I'm just gonna say straight up that like I don't I'm that's not a criticism at all Like, I think some things you've got to choose one or the other. Like, Dune ended up being, like, it could be a good adaptation and a good movie. But not everything can be. Like, if you were to try to adapt, this is what happens with video games. Is that you have to choose. Good adaptation, good movie. Like, if you were to try to make Bioshock right now, it couldn't be be both. You'd have to pick. And I think in this instance, the things that will make it good television is what's going to make it a bad adaptation. And the themes and what they're going to be able to accomplish are going to be different than what the book does. And I think that's an opportunity. And they should lean into it and just make everything different. Full on. Just, I would be like, the Dragon Reborn, who's the Dragon Reborn in the books?
0: It should be a different guy.
1: Or girl. Yeah, you would lose everybody instantly. That'd be like saying, like, what they did to Luke. So, yeah, you'd I be know. You'd be committing TV murder at that point. It. So, no. This is a world where people are
2: aware that there are other planes of reality. So, just be
0: like, yeah, this one's different. So, as we you'd, watched the. You'd fourth pull
1: the He Man approach and you'd have everybody hate it. Yeah. Well, as we
0: watched the fourth episode, a couple things went through my mind. Number one. Was Nynaeve. Um I have been waiting for the moment for her to go off. And that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to be very vague. And you got to see it. And they definitely are leaning into the possibility that she's the dragon reborn. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was a really interesting way to handle that. I don't remember the instance, like when she went off in the books, I actually thought it was at the white tower. I could be wrong. I remember that she had subtle ways of using the, the, the true power, um, which is why she was a wisdom. But I don't mm-hmm. remember the magnitude of which w- of what happened in episode four. And as Shree and I were talking about it, and again I've said this before, Shree has never read the books. She's actually considering reading *Eye of the World*, and I just I, I tried to warn her. I'm like, you have to understand, this will set you off on a very long path, <laughs> especially if you enjoy the books. But as as we were reading or as we were watching it, I got really excited. In, a, in, in episode four, I did, and I know it was. I know it is vastly different than the book. Just watching it, I'm like, this didn't trigger any memories for me at all. And there are other parts of the show where I'm like, oh yeah, but no, nothing in episode four did. So as we're talking about it, and I've said this before, uh, I do. A, I at least I feel like I do a really good job of a, being able to disassociate and say the books are the books, and they need to be left alone. They are the books. This is an adaptation of the books. This isn't the books themselves. And I'm able to separate those two. And Sharie and said something that was really good to me. She's like, she loves Twilight, right? She has read the books. She adores it. She can watch those movies over and over and over, despite all the differences between the books and the movies. She's like, this is another opportunity for me to dwell in that world. It doesn't have to be the same thing. And I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, it's the world that I love. And I get to spend time in that world. However different it may be, it's familiar enough to me that I get to enjoy it. And that's exactly how I look at like Game of Thrones. That's exactly how I look at The Hobbit. That's how I look at Wheel of Time. I get to, at this point in my life, take a minute and go back to this world and and relive it. And or I shouldn't say relive it, but live in it again. And I I think it's incredible. They, uh... and, while I, and while I
2: do agree with that, I think that the issues that does come about from that is that some of the artistic choices that were made in the books have to be left behind. And some of the most interesting things that those books try to say don't come out in the adaptation. And so that's more what I'm interested in. And so if those things can't come out, I'd rather they said something different that is equally as interesting.
1: OK, I have a friend oh, that- who watches them like I watched Lord of the Rings and I said, well, I thought we were going to watch them together. And he goes, well, I watched episode one and he goes, it was like a religious experience to me because I got super emotional and cried. He goes, they nailed it. And I was like, OK, well, I'll watch it then.
0: And, and that is exactly how I felt in episode four. I tried to hide it because I didn't want Shri to be like, are you serious? You're getting emotional over this. But as soon as Nineveh went off in episode four, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting to see her just yeah. obliterate things. I'm hoping
1: for a slow burn. And I think that's what they'll do. So it'll be interesting to see how they could go. Um, Again, we've seen it with different series where life happens. Um, You know, Spartacus wasn't the same after the main character passed. Uh, uh, The Walking Dead wasn't the same after Rick Grimes left. So if you have this thing that you're kind of like, well, we're going to do this for the next eight years, you've got... Not necessarily no names, which is nice, but you know what I mean? Like younger, Harry Potter wouldn't work if you hired all those people today because they're too big, right? So you got to snag them. Maybe you get the eight years out of them. I was reading that they, um, uh, I believe Matt is replaced in season two and they never said why. So I don't know what happened there, Uh, what came up. So some of those things, like, again, there's a lot of main characters. So. Oh yeah. i I don't feel like it's going to have a Rick Grimes thing, but that guy's actually doing really well. So yeah, he did a really good job. So I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it'll be interesting. Uh, hopefully again, hopefully they get all, all the time they need. And hopefully it's a a motivation too, for, Hey, let's give these things an opportunity because the Amazon is also working on the Lord of the Rings. So if, uh, if they can say, "Oh wow, this is popular and people like it," let's give them some more money, and maybe Lord of the Rings will be that much better too.
0: Yeah, I just I did not realize that that they had had to replace Matt.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't see why. I sound like the person that they replaced uh, is really good as well. Um, but the the director seemed optimistic about it, and while it will be a little jarring, it is not
0: too yeah, detrimental. According to an article from Deadline, it just says the reason for the recasting is unclear.
2: Yep, interesting. And- so many. Yeah. And so many things can happen when you're trying to make a television show.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like no one referenced Spartacus, like Andy dying in yeah. Spartacus. I mean, or even getting sick and having to stop production, coming back, feeling better and then dying. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, and what was it? Uh, Batwoman? Been... they had to recast that after season one.
2: Well, yeah, because Ruby Rose rightfully had to leave because the production was so dangerous.
0: Yeah, see, and I never understood why I just saw that she left. I've never watched the show. It's okay. Is it? Yeah.
2: yeah I watched I just... the first couple episodes, but yeah, she came out with a laundry list of things where she was like, the production crew is going to get someone killed. And they did get someone really, 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 really hurt. Gotcha. And she was like, I'm either you guys fix all this problem and it's systemic. So you replace everyone from the top down, or I'm or I'm gone. And they were like, we're not going to replace the people who want like who make the show. So it's just I'm out. Interesting. All right. Well, before we get too sidetracked. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I have a feeling So that's my that's my thoughts. It's yeah, probably okay. going to end up being a really good TV show, but if you wanted a line by line adaptation of the book's themes, you're not going to get it. I agree. So you just have to accept what it is.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I think agree- you pick your poisons. I will still forever be disappointed in uh, Lord of the Rings for not having the Duna Dine. Like that was like, you know what I mean? Like I was like,
0: you're going to watch it all the time.
1: Yep. I'm going, that was like my favorite part of the books. That was like, that was the moment. Like you got to see one man that was equal to 150. And now all of a sudden there's 50 of them going across the field. Like I could have just imagined, you know, it had been like a Spartan 300 moment for me. Um, and, and it didn't ever happen and that's okay. Do you need a tissue buddy? Nope. That's okay. It's still phenomenal. (laughs)
0: All right, let's jump into the news because otherwise we're going to be sidetracked for way too long. So over at Dungeons and Dragons, I did see some more spoilers uh, kind of came out for Strixhaven. I didn't get a chance to check any of those out. Did either of you? I just don't
2: care, so I haven't looked.
0: (laughs) I kind of figured that that's what you were going to say. We're about a week away from the release of that book, Zach. I know, like you said, you just don't care. Nolan, is this going to be a book that you purchase?
1: It will be, just from a mindset of... I don't, the universe itself isn't very interesting to me, but I'm hoping there's some stuff about, I don't know, I'm looking forward to some spells. Um, I'd also, I'm I'm hoping that we finally get something along the lines of making your own magic spells, which I always thought was really fascinating in 3.5. You have like, well, I really want to be able to do this, and then working with somebody to try and create your own magic. If, if Melf's Acid Arrow came from Melf, I want to make my own, you know, at some point of something, so... I, I hope there's some magic options in a highly magical book. The whole college thing, Hogwarts thing is not interesting to me.
0: Sure. Well, I tell you what, there is an opportunity for you to get the book a little bit cheaper. At least I believe so because D and D has announced their cyber Monday sale for D and D beyond. And that's going to be all D and D books are 1999. I did not include this in the show notes because I found it. Like I sent the email to you guys and I got an email from D and D beyond. I'm like, Oh, look at that. Hmm. So yeah, there could be an opportunity for you to grab that book on the down or on the cheap, not the down low, on the cheap uh, and not feel guilt as guilty if it's not what you're hoping for. So, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And, you know, this is also, I, you know, I know we talk about DD Beyond quite a bit, but this is an opportunity. Like, if you aren't using D&D Beyond and it's something you're interested in, This is a great way to get into D&D Beyond, get a book cheap and see how it's laid out and not feel super committed to it. Yes. Like Nolan and I've talked before. One of the reasons I hesitate with buying books on D&D Beyond is because if the program closes, I lose my book. Right. So that's why I hesitate. Same thing with when I was playing World of Warcraft, I didn't tend to buy a whole lot of mounts and stuff because if I stop playing, they're gone. Now, obviously, if I start playing again, I can log back in and there they are. But uh, if world of warcraft for some reason just goes away so does that money that i spent for yep. something that i was hoping for tang- uh was tangible anyway Enough of that. WizKids has announced a new line of D&D miniatures for FizzBand's Treasury of Dragons. Uh, These are going to be sold in different product configurations, including a huge booster, a super booster, and super booster eight-count bricks. The set will be made up of 46 painted miniatures to be used at your gaming table or simply added to your collection. I know my opinion about miniatures, especially uh, these miniatures. I'm just curious, Zach, what are your thoughts on miniatures at the gaming table? I
2: really like having the grid set out. That, like, does it for me. Uh, I know it's a little too war gamey for a lot of people. And I think that's, I think it changes how the game is played when you're doing theater of the mind. I think it's really nice when the DM is like, due to the setup, you could either hit three enemies with burning hands, but you're also going to hit one of your party members, or you could get two of them, but not hit a party member to be like, okay, you know, we're, we're wheeling and dealing. We're trying to figure things out. We're playing inside this mind space. And I think that's really different from just being like, well, I'm just going to move five squares over and now I can hit all three guys. Like I'm going to angle it this way. I think it changes the game completely. And I think miniatures are really nice if you want to do that, but you can also just print out tiny little circles with, mm-hmm. you just draw a zombie on there and stick them on a grid? Nolan, have a I think, game. yeah, I think these are nice for the people that want them. I kind of want them.
1: I, I want to say that I really do like them for those bigger battles. Um, sometimes seeing the field, I don't necessarily know that having them for, you know, three bandage jump you. And it's kind of a, you know, quick little encounter type situation. You probably spend more time setting up the map than you actually do doing the fighting sometimes. So, but for those big Epic encounters, I think some of that stuff is really handy. Um, I also feel like there's a lot of times where with the maps versus theater of the mind, like I always think about the terrain around me and I don't feel like that's necessarily the case for everybody. But if you see, Like, well, can I use these trees as a line of sight and I'm going to, you know, step outside of it, shoot my bow and step back in with my movement to give myself cover. You don't hear that a lot, you know, versus if you have the map, you can kind of say like, oh, what is this? Oh, that's a giant rock. Can I climb it? Can I use it? You know, I feel like it gives you an opportunity to maybe interact more with the world when you can see it because not everybody Sometimes it's just a big white space for me when I see the fighting and stuff like that. And you're just squaring off one-on-one with something. You kind of lose sight of, well, how far away is those guys over there? Like, well, they're right next to you. But it doesn't feel like it necessarily because you're kind of having your one-on-one thing. So I like it for big things. But again, at the same time, having a couple of, you know, for me, it's more of a reference point and, and they could be marbles as much as a, a miniature.
0: I know for bigger battles that our games we've had, like if we didn't have the miniatures, like, cause I know Cody has a fairly large collection of miniatures, we've used dice and set those out. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. no one, you're number one, you're number two, you're number three, so on and so forth. And, and that's worked. I do like for, for the, to put the, to pull out that dragon miniature and set it on the table. And it helps some people to visualize, whereas, I don't know. I hate to think that anybody's visualizing the word dragon with wings, you know, literally the word dragon and it's got some wings on it and it's floating above you as you shoot at it. I think it's kind of neat <laughs> to put that blue dragon on the table and be like, Oh yeah, this is what you're fighting. And then see the immensity of it. Like put your little miniature next to this giant miniature and be like, Oh shit, that's a big creature. So I think that yeah. is, I think that's cool. Um, I like the miniatures in and of themselves. They are something that I've avoided getting into just because I don't need to have all the extra stuff cluttering up my shelves. Uh, Aiden, my son, he has quite a few of them. And they. And I will say, as as miniatures go, WizKids has done a really good job of painting these. It used to be that they were, like, I remember when Hero Clicks and stuff came out and you're like, wow, that is the worst paint job I've ever seen. But they've done a really good job of making these look good. And I think they're neat. I think the price tag is a little bit high sometimes. Like if you buy the Super Boost or eight count brick, it's like two hundred bucks.
2: And they tend to go down in price as you get farther away from them, right? Like I think like the monster, the line. like the monster manual, like brick that you can buy is like eighty bucks.
0: Yeah, and and but there's like
2: if you're if you're trying to play Frost Maiden and you want the miniatures, you got to buy them now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's where the issue comes in.
0: So, and I think they're cool. I would not have a, I mean, again, my, my biggest thing is, is I just don't need something else cluttering up my shelves. So yeah. that's why I don't buy them. I know Cody had that big box thing that he carried them all around in, and that was yeah. good. And that's, you know, a cool way to stash them. Aiden's got them all up on his bookshelf. Like, like they're his collectibles. And and I think that's exactly how he uses them. Cause he plays D and D online mostly. Yeah. Nope. So anyway, over at Onyx Path, I noticed that Trinity Anima is still doing very well. There's 18 days left in the campaign and they're approaching 200% funding. So if Trinity Continuum is your jam, be sure to check that one out. There's a link in the show notes. Onyx Path did release another round of updates for their Kickstarter projects, mostly just letting people know that, yes, the shipping woes are still an issue. The printing woes are still an issue. You will hopefully get your books in 2022. Well, not hopefully, you will. Uh, they did announce a new book coming available for pre-order through drive through RPG. Also for the Trinity continuum. This book is called Trinity continuum assassins, uh, which will allow you to play professional killers in the Trinity continue world. This book again, is not going to be Kickstarter. It's going to be just like they did with the mage book a few months ago on, uh, Pre-ordered on Drive Through RPG. It sounds like they did pretty successful with the Mage book that they did. I think it was like the general, the uh, Rich Bastards Guide to Magic or something like that. So I think it's cool that they're doing a pre-order on Drive Through instead of just kickstarting it.
2: I think I think it can be a good way. I think it's probably a lot better than a Kickstarter if you want to make sure that you're not backing something that's going to just be vaporware and just go away. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I but you also don't get the bells and whistles yep right i know you don't like, get to this um, yeah with um uh cults of the blood gods uh that kickstarter did so well that it it, it ended up cre- allowing them to create three more books to go with that book and yeah. the third book is about to be released for print on demand which i'll be picking up soon so uh, i am looking forward to that one nolan what are your thoughts on them going this way instead of kickstarting it
1: I. I'm curious about pace. I, I think sometimes there are those things of like, we know it's okay, it's okay, we're gonna do it. We just need to know how many we're gonna print or it's already done. And so then that way it's not like, hey, we've got enough funding. We are going to do this project, let's get it started, versus just saying, Hey, it's ready to roll, we're just gonna ship it to printer. We just need to know how many to go. So you might get it faster. So it's not years out. I I I don't know. I think there's a it, it would be like, you know, I think it's also a confidence thing as far as they're getting to a point where they know these things are gonna sell. So you don't see wizards doing we're putting out this book we don't care if it's popular or not we know it's going to sell and away we go they're not asking for kickstarter help to get this funded so it gives me some confidence that they're continuing to pump out stuff enough that we know we're going to buy it we know we're going to sell it we know we're doing a good book we're not afraid of it it's done we just need to know how many to print and i think that's pretty cool
0: yeah absolutely Over at Free League at the Mountain of Madness has officially released and is available on the Free League website, link in the show notes. we spoke about this book a couple weeks ago. I still think it looks fascinating, but I haven't been intrigued enough to jump on and buy it. Mostly because I think it's just going to be a coffee table type book for me and that's it. Uh, Free League did announce that they are having their Black Friday sale going on right now. You can get up to 50% off of the basic rule books of the majority of their games. So if you're interested in Free League games, this is a great time to go check out some of their books. Modifius also has their Black Friday sales going on now. And keep in mind, Modifius is a distributor for Free League books. So if you were wanting to pick up a couple of books from Modifius and Free League and save yourself some money, you may be able to do that all through the Modifius website. Lots of stuff to choose from at the Modifius website, from John Carter of Mars to Star Trek to Conan, to pretty much anything that they do. So did either of you make any Black Friday gaming purchases?
2: I haven't. I've been forcing myself not to. Also, I don't tend to wait for sales. I just get the things that I want when I want them.
1: <laughs> Fair. No one? I did get the uh, the air quote newest uh, Jedi game. I had been waiting on it for a sale. Oh. It was fallen order. Yeah, I think I don't know what it was. It was like sixty three percent off. So I was like, okay, I've been waiting for that one. I heard good things about it, and then. What was the other one I picked up the issue? Oh, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, was 53% off. So at 30 bucks, I felt a little bit better about getting it. I continue to build up my single-player game arsenal for the day that I actually quit playing MMOs, which I don't know when is going to happen, but I have probably several thousand hours of RPGs to play at some point. But but the nice thing is, is I've been waiting for them, and hopefully I... I don't know. I'm sure there's more. I just kind of quit looking, though, because I was like, OK, two games is enough. I'll wait for Christmas to snag something else.
2: I also already pretty much own all the core rule books for Free League. Like, I don't have anything else to buy. Fair. But uh, I support it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I do think it's a great opportunity if you want to check out Free League stuff or even Modifia stuff. This is a great opportunity to jump in and do it.
2: And I know we were talking about Miniatures just a second ago, but on Modiphius's sale, a lot of their like Octan Cthulhu miniatures are all like 50% yep.
0: off Sky. I think they had some Skyrim miniatures that were 50% off as well. Yeah, there's a ton. There really is. Yeah. Also cool stuff, but yeah. Over at Crucible 7, Enemy Within Collector's Edition Volume 5 pre-order has been going. Uh, I meant to mention this last week and I completely forgot. Uh, this is for Warhammer Fantasy RPG. I took this directly from the Crucible 7 website. This says the enemy th- within collector's edition contains the revised and updated director's cut of one of the most highly regarded role-playing campaigns ever written. This beautifully finished exclusive Collector's edition set includes the empire in ruins and in the companion presented in a slip case featuring the art from the standard editions, beautifully finished in silver foil and a lustrous spot UV finish. The collector's edition cover depicts the image of Sigmar Heldenhammer and a mini and, and and A Manipulative Servant of Zinch. The cost of this book is an astounding $150. Now, I, I like I have up here on my shelf um, a book, uh, one of the collector's editions, that that the Black Library for Warhammer 40K, uh, Black Library is where you can get the special collector edition stuff. And I will say, if this has done anything like this book, it's going to be a really nice book. It's going to be very nice. I don't know that it would carry the $150 price tag but what do I know looks cool I have a picture of the cover in the show notes and of course I'll link in the show notes if you wanted to pre-order that it did say something about if you pre-order it you get the like within 24 hours you'll have the pdf so fun chaosium has launched the rune quest, the RuneQuest quest starter set uh rune quest uh, i don't know are you guys familiar with that game at all gosh this is RuneQuest quest is an old rpg like this has been around um, for a
2: very long time yeah i i know i've heard of it
0: yeah it's it's an old one uh it says in RuneQuest, everyone uses spells and anyone can be a warrior the gods provide powers to their mortal worshipers and can intercede on their behalf each rune quest adventure is unique defined by their runes culture and cult all chosen by the player the RuneQuest starter set contains books dice maps and enough content to keep a group engaged and entertained for several role-playing sessions. the book also includes 12 pre-generated character folios giving each player a wide range of play styles and backgrounds to choose from i have a picture of the contents in the show note as well as a link to chaosium.com this one only comes in at 29.99 So if you're a lot in there too, yeah, there's a whole lot in there. So if you're interested in a new RPG and you want, but you love the fantasy setting, this is a cheap way to get into it and try it out for a few sessions instead of just one adventure. So I thought that was really cool. That is all I found for news, guys, mostly because I wanted to save time so we can actually build this character that we're going to be building for They Came From Beyond the Grave. Before we get started, I did want to say I posted in the show notes uh, Matthew Dawkins, who is the creator of the the, the, the the They Came From series. It's really hard to say that. Uh, he did a video where he built live a character from they came from beneath the sea same very similar character co- creation concept because it uses a story path system so i thought i'd throw that in the show notes if people wanted to look at that as well as kind of get matthew's opinion on on some of the things as as you build a character it was a really interesting video it's about an hour long uh it is it is really interesting though i i greatly enjoyed watching that uh, again i mentioned this before they came from beyond the grave is not currently available it is only two to kickstarter backers it is a project that i backed i backed it for our group so we could check it out and so that we could have talk about it on the podcast however you can get the starter set on drive Through rpg uh let me i wanted to mention the name of that that is called the haunting of Abbeyham priory it's a jump start for they came from beyond the grave uh this includes five playable characters a dupe a hunter a mystic a professor and a recontour, story and three acts perfect for a one shot or convention play uh creatures of the night to throw at your players and all the cinematic power cinematic powers clips and story path system mechanics you need to run the game from the right game right from the page uh, i do think these jump starts are really cool this is something that i'm going to be talking to our monday night rpg group about to see if they'd be willing to give this a try just to try it out so Little foreshadowing for the two of you. So, with that being said, Nolan, why don't you go ahead and throw up the character sheet unless you already have? And yet, let's build a
1: character. I was going to say, as a transition here, I did see that uh, Beatles and Graham partnered with Pathfinder. And then this week oh. they're taking pre orders on their first hmm. Pathfinder setting. It's like $350 for whatever that tale is. Okay. I'm not super familiar with Pathfinder, but second edition? Looks like it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I assume <laughs> while you're doing that, I'm going to go find that and put it in the show notes. Oop! There we are. <laughs> nice, one I like how you have that laid out.
1: We'll All right. So, who wants to be the the player in this case? Oops. I'm just going to type since I don't think I can do both of these at the same time and not mess it up. So, you tell me okay. what you want. Zach, you want to be our player? No, I think you should be. Oh, I thought we were going to
2: collaborate.
0: Well, yeah, obviously that, that would be the case um, We because we will work together through it. But I figured one of us could be the player and then we could all make the decision. So, and, and that's fine. We'll just say I'm the player. Well, here. then I want, yeah, then I want you to be the okay. player. All yeah, right. 307 so, RPG is
1: the player.
2: There you Are go. You, yeah. Are you able to see Nolan's screen? I can see it on guy?
0: Twitch. Oh, gotcha. Perfect. So I have the book open. Maybe. Apparently my screen is frozen on that book. We'll get it figured out. Let me open that book up again. Hold on. All right. So I have the book open to character creation. And so step one is going to be the concept. Now, I'm not going to worry too much about the concept of this character because I don't know. Um, and it's not like I'm actually going to be playing right now. So this is going to be a very generic character, um, sort of. I have thought about this and I do think that it would be fun to. And maybe it's just because of I I like the idea of being a mad scientist. <laughs> i thought it might be fun as the archetype to play a mad scientist um what do you guys think all right that sounds perfect cool a mad scientist it is if that's if that's what you're here for yeah let's do that under character archetype nolan go ahead and type in mad scientist or scientist
2: some kind of scientist yeah
0: cool so Uh, with so we have our archetype so that that is going to lead us i I don't want to do aspirations yet because i think aspirations should be discovered as we're creating this character so we need to so that's choosing the path well then i think we need some aspirations right do we want to do that now or do we want to do that as we're developing the character well i think
2: i think aspirations come next
0: Okay, then I have a aspiration. I have a long-term aspiration for my mad scientist or for my scientist, curing lycanthropy. Okay.
2: Is that because they themselves are infected or think they are?
0: Or it could be, or or it could be that they've they've encountered a werewolf before and, or maybe a loved one was a werewolf. There you go. A loved one. How about a younger sibling was a werewolf? And they lost that sibling. And now their long-term aspiration is to cure a werewolf. Does that work? I, I'm here for it. It's your character. I'm here for it. So I guess this is the, the archetype here. The correct title is the professor, right? The professor?
1: Professor. Yeah. Okay. I put that in as a connection. Younger sibling okay.
0: fell to a werewolf. So, the connections we'll have to come back to that one and just make sure it works, Nolan, because there is a certain way that those flow. So, um, and it could be that that is going to be in the uh, skills under archetypes, so we'll come back to that one. Um, but that works for now, leave it there. Okay, so we've chosen our archetype now. We need to choose our paths. Am I correct? Uh, the origin path is a character's background,
2: so uh, we need to write. An O next to four skills on your character sheet. And those are the four skills associated with your origin path. So let's,
0: well, what is the path first? So that's that's kind of where we need to start is, what is the path? What is the origin path? So... Now, what is the archetype path and what is the ambition path? And these are kind of cool because you can create these paths. You can choose some of the ones that are in the book, but you can also create ones as long as you and your storyteller are okay with it. So what sounds like a good archetype for a professor? Like, uh, Well,
2: I think it's the professor path. Is it? So suggested skills are command empathy. Humanities, Integrity, Medicine, Pilot, Science, and Technology. So those
0: are the typical skills that a professor would have, right? Yep. And so I think you choose four. You choose six. No, you get six dots in it. Sorry. You get six dots total in your paths and then nine extra. I think it's something like that. We'll come back to that. Okay. So choose four origin paths. So, Medicine would be one science because of just what what they're trying to do. And I almost think enigmas this is someone who's trying to discover or trying to puzzle something out, right? Trying to get to the character sheet so I can see this at the same time. So we have medicine, science, enigmas, and technology, maybe. What do you guys think based on long-term aspirations? I think those are the things
2: that you'll probably need if you're going to try and cure
0: lycanthropy. Yeah, that's and that's that's what I'm thinking too. So, okay, enigmas and technology; those are going to be the origin paths. So, origin here uh, would be because we know the archetype is professor. So, what would you call the origin then, Zach?
2: What's well, just their background? You are of the professor. So, uh, honor student. Honor student.
0: Yeah, this is an honor student. This was this this person, male or female, we don't know yet. Um, whatever it was is like Excel did everything in their schooling. So we'll say their origin path is honor students. Their ambition is to rid the world of lycanthropy. Okay. Does that work, Zach? Sure. This is your character.
1: And you can almost... Um, For whatever reason with the thing, I cannot click enigmas as far as a check mark. So... And now out. you have a dot in archetypes.
0: We'll just remember. Yeah. So now we need to figure out what our archetype path is. And I guess that would just be professor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So under paths for archetype Nolan, go ahead and add professor. Cool. All right. So now we need to assign skill points from, from each path. Each path gets three dots to assign. And then you have six more of like freebie points, free, freebie dots that you can assign for a total of 15. Does that sound right, Zach? You get six additional dots. Yep. Yep. So Let's start with the professor path. Now, the cool thing is, is that these skills can overlay. So like if you have like, say, enigmas in your origin, it can be your archetype path as well. So that is okay to do. So let's start with our professor archetype. Let's look at skills. Man, I feel like the the ones that we labeled for origins are perfect for because, all right, so do we think a professor would have like, I can't imagine a professor having good aim, Right. Because he's spending all their time in, this, in the lab, not really messing around with guns. Depends. Well, you've got six dots to put.
2: But are right. do you want to create a very focused individual? Someone that does two or three things really well? Or are you thinking about two dots in several things to spread out? Right. If they are a professor, have they gone to grad school? Are they in grad school?
0: Yes. Or maybe they've they've gone through grad school. Gone through like grad this, school. This person is has finished. They are a professor. They have gone through grad school. Um, possibly have even earned their documents. So let's give this person for archetype, the professor, a dot in humanities. Because this person would have studied that's just going to be part of their studying, So they know some stuff about arts and things like that. So go ahead and let's do one dot in humanities. And this is going to be from the archetype path. I think also with archetype, a professor in this case is probably going to have pretty good integrity because of just like ethics and stuff from like scientific research. So maybe give them a dot in integrity. And I do think in this case for archetype and origin paths, they're going to overlap with science. And we're going to throw from the archetype we're going to throw in a dot of science and go ahead and put one in there for origins to nolan so that way we have two dots in science from origin or one from origin one from uh, archetype okay enigmas is definitely going to get uh, nope wait on enigmas hold on i want to go with medicine for origins and then let's do what do you think zach what would be a good Dot, another dot for from the origin path
2: from the the origin path i didn't think we had we've selected archetype but i didn't think we had selected an origin yet the honor yeah. student
0: honor student honor student okay okay well so we have a dot in science and a dot in um medicine
2: i think you should put another dot in medicine
0: okay so go ahead and add another dot in medicine. All right. So then now we're at, we're to ambition, and I think ambition here you need a dot in empathy or a dot in enigmas and a dot in technology, for sure. And I think either a second dot in enigmas or a second or a third dot in science. What do you think, Zach? Because the ambition is to cure
1: lycanthropy. I'm gonna say that you have uh, you have tapped out on your ability to learn from normal science and you are into the weird now to get your response for your ambition. You went through school, you went through medical school, you went through every rational opportunity to try to cure this. And now you're desperate and you're looking to, in my mind, this is the occult time where where we're done with normal books. Now we're into far reaching, you know, you, 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 again, your archetype and your origin didn't get you there now your ambition is almost created this drug-like substance where you're looking in the dark books to try and figure this out i love it where's that dot going probably enigma perfect that is awesome nolan i totally dig that i think it's funny when you have these kind of things too because my character didn't finish school right he realized it was bullshit. And so now he's more into larceny and persuasion because he has to sneak in and break into libraries because he got kicked off a of campus um, because, he, you know, like he's not allowed anymore because of these crackpot ideas. So this is great. This is this is how much fun different mindsets go. So. OK. It. OK.
0: All right, so that is the initial six dots from your paths or nine dots from your path. So now we have six more freebie dots. Now you can assign these in any skill outside of your paths, and that's why it's so important that all the ones that are marked, go ahead and put a check mark in all of them, Nolan, because these are our path skills. And I think it's important that we remember that because you can much like in the storyteller system, you can upgrade your skills that are outside of your norm, but it costs more to do so. So you have to really think, do I want to be very focused here or do I want to, you know, add some other stuff? So I'm looking at this character and thinking about, especially with Nolan just said, and I immediately want another dot in Enigmas. And I think probably should have another dot in Humanities too, because this is a well-rounded person. Okay. Well, speaking outside
2: of the game, this is still a game, like outside of the character, this is still a game and we get to interact with it mechanically as well do you want to put some points further down the line where it will cost to get more out of the points that you get now? Cause buying one point in something later is not going to cost as much as buying your fifth point in something. Sure. No, I've thought about that. Yeah. So again, I know that we're building a, a person, but we're also building a character yep. that you have to play at the table. So Maybe if they're trying to figure something out and that we have such a long term aspiration of curing lycanthropy, maybe we should put more points into science and enigma.
0: So I'm looking over a character sheet right now. There's already 15 dots and it should only be 10.
1: Okay, I thought you said we got one for each one. So,
0: oh, no, no, no. We get three from each of the paths and then
1: six extra. Okay, I thought you said you got one for your archetype, so had given us a check in each one of the things we were specialized in. I mean, I love that thought, but... You're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be good at it, right? <laughs> but unfortunately,
0: no. <laughs> the yeah, I just wonder... because I wasn't disagreeing with where he had those dots. Yeah. placed. I was like, oh man, Nolan's on this. <laughs> and while I'm not... You know, I
2: we haven't played the game yet, so we're not sure how this goes on. It might be up to your storyteller, but if we're going to try and cure lycanthropy, is that going to be medicine?
0: Oh, it's going to have to be, yeah. and We already have oh. three dots in medicine, so...
2: That's I think like- maybe... Maybe we should spend our point. Maybe you should spend your point to get medicine as high as you possibly can. So it's not going to cost you, you know, however much experience to get it because you've got the free point right now.
0: Okay, so technically and I actually really like how Nolan has everything. So he has 13 dots in play. We only get 15. Oh, no. Put that one back, Nolan. I, I want you to leave exactly how you have it. So put humanities back i get to see this on a delay so (laughs) so we have 13 dots on the character sheet currently we only get 15 so i think in this case i think you almost go one more dot in medicine and one more dot in technology because if they're trying to cure lycanthropy they're looking at different ways of doing things as well right so there's got to be some technological advances too so i think you go medicine and technology and that's where the skill stops that sound good zach sure so this person has three in Enigmas, two in Humanities, one in Integrity. And I, and I agree with that one in Integrity because this person is trying to cure a horrible disease and maybe their Integrity isn't as good as what it once was because now it's directly affected them. Um, three are four in Medicine, three in Science and two in Technology, cool attributes we get six four two so it's much like the the vampire the masquerade system where you have x dots and you get to apply them how you need to so it's uh primary secondary and tertiary skills for attributes so let's look at this well primary is going to have to be in the the third category right presence manipulation composure i was thinking intellect well oh no he's gonna yeah 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 Cunning
2: and some resolve
0: yeah yeah i think you're absolutely correct i apologize so let's do two in intellect two in resolve one in cunning no three in intellect sorry three in intellect two in resolve one in cunning okay i'm into that
2: thinking that it's not just going to take the intellect but maybe a bit like some
1: guts yeah, exactly. Um, Am I adding three dots or three dots total?
0: Do did each of these attributes come with an extra? Come with one dot already, Nolan? Yes. Okay. So then it should be attribute should be four, uh, resolve should be three, cunning should be two. Sorry, intellect should be four, cunning should be two, resolve oh. should be three. Okay. All,
2: All right. I hate to say it, but I don't think this is going to be a very physical character.
0: No, it's not.
2: Not at all. So I think social is going
0: to be next. I completely agree. And I think we're going to go with two in composure, because this is somebody who has to keep their wits about them when the shit hits the fan, especially in the scientific research, right? Or when the experimentation. So two in composure, one in manipulation, one in presence. Okay. And then... I think this makes sense to me, but you guys tell me if I'm wrong. This is not a physical character. However, there is some physical demand that gets put on this person as they're doing. Yeah, no one sees exactly where I'm going. Has As they're doing their scientific research or projects, I think you put both the dots in stamina.
1: Okay. I think so. Long hours, working late. Yep. I think it more of a mental fortitude as well as the physical capability of just powering through. Yep, exactly.
0: All right. So then you have your, what is it? Initial. I can't read that, that little where the three boxes are. Nolan, what is that? Is that primary response or something like that? Favored approach. Favored approach. Okay. So this is how your character and and now interesting from, they came from beyond the grave to, they came from uh, beneath the sea and they came from beyond the grave. This is an optional choice. You don't actually have to use this one, whereas in they came from beneath the sea, this is a choice that you have to make. So we're gonna say that we're gonna use this one here, okay? When you choose your primary approach, it is how you will approach things. And you get to add one extra dot in each of these abilities. And I'm looking over this character and looking where this is going to be. I just, I'm torn between force and resilience force only because of intellect. That's the only reason I'm torn there. And then resilience makes sense to me because of all three. But yet at the end of the day, this is somebody who is having to rely on their intellect to get anything done. And that I think is where they would initially go. Like at first is like, I need to be able to think my way through this. I think it, yeah,
1: I think it depends on how you get stuff done. And I guess the approach to it is, I don't know. My, my thought is resilience stands out just because it is one of those things of so much of medicine and discovery is how many thousands of test results, how much trial and error, how much, you know, not giving up. And if you look at that row as well, that is technically is, where yeah. you have most of your points as yeah, well. Yeah, you're it absolutely right. That is
0: a heavy row. You're so going
1: then, to fail, right? You're going to fail. Absolutely. Go ahead and throw it in
0: resilience. Up. So just check resilience and that means that I get when i'm rolling the dice i get one extra die for each of those attributes so just check resilient
1: or you check you have to write so it gets a bunch of x's
0: cool all right i think i think a trope is next i'll say it's either i know we have to do uh quip tropes connections and then go ahead i think a trope is next
1: okay i think your quips come from your trope right
2: yeah, so, um, some of the tropes, uh, the professors have, they're, it's all pretty knowledge-based, kind of about information about what is going on, um, so we have, uh, Unless My Notes Deceive Me, which, um, once per story you can ask the director for a clue, uh, We Must Prepare Carefully, and you uh, this gives jokes, you right? uh, this gives okay. you a uh, level two enhancement on a single chosen skill for an upcoming scene.
0: So I, I can't help but think. <laughs> I think I got the three abnormal behavior, unless my notes deceive me and you are scientifically incorrect, sir. Well,
2: I think that last one might be fun. But are you playing a character that would interact with
0: people in that way? With no social graces, probably. However, we must prepare carefully is probably one I like better. So let's not do you are scientifically incorrect, because I do think that would be fun. But I think more accurately, we must prepare carefully because of what this character is trying to do.
2: And I understand this uh, character lacking in social graces. I guess my question there is if you would play if if this character would care to interact with those people at all.
1: Right.
0: And um, I don't. But it think does sound fun. It does, it sound, does fun. sound fun. <laughs> what is your other one? Yeah.
1: Uh, Abnormal behavior, we must prepare carefully and... And unless my notes deceive me.
0: So I'm going to read these real quick so people know what they are. So unless my notes deceive me, you have everything written down on paper, even those trivial details others might have forgotten. Once per story, you may ask the director for a clue relating to a monster's activities, and they will provide you with that clue. Abnormal behavior, the creature does not follow the laws of nature. Your rationality makes you immune to any monster ability that plays with your mind for the duration of one scene per story. And then we must prepare carefully jumping into something without thinking it through. is not your thing. You always make sure to know what you're getting into. Use this before a scene to gain a level two enhancement on a single chosen skill through the upcoming scene. Okay.
2: I think those all fit with a character. Yeah. That is seeking information. I think there's other tropes here for professors that are a little different. Right. Um, like if, think if you're looking for a professor that is like Van Helsing style like approaching monster hunting by logic. I think you could pick like this is deeply unnatural, but I like it or I have a gadget for that and don't be fooled. But I think for a character trying to find things so they can cure them, I think these are good picks.
0: I think so too. All right. I think quips are next, but I think we're going to skip that for now and go to connections. So each of your path gives you a connection. So let's start with archetype, the professor. I was looking over some of the suggested paths or connections here, and I actually really I found one that I really liked. And that is the um the dubious alchemist. Like he knows some alchemist that may not be on the up and up, but is enough that he wants to talk to him. Okay. Because so this character isn't. Started
2: because this character isn't uh is no longer looking for um established scientific theories right right? so they're looking for someone maybe a little more a little more wonky yeah exactly
0: someone trying to turn lead to gold yeah exactly someone who's willing to do those other things right
2: i like where that's going yeah
0: yeah i so i like that one so that's going to go there um origin path so this is where i wanted to put that one that you talked about nolan where they had a a sibling that was a werewolf but that doesn't because your connections are something you're able to draw upon and i want us how about in this case a former lecturer this is someone who lectures on the occult and that's where this character really started to learn about lycanthrope okay so this is like that that that's someone who kind
2: of Are we thinking someone who like collaborates or someone who like actually agrees with that? The supernatural exists.
0: Yes, that's exactly it right there. So this is that like, like you go to that lecture where that person is like Bigfoot is real and then gives you all the information about Bigfoot, like, and they're very emphatic about it. So this is that person who talks about creatures of the night are very real and this is how you can stop them. And instead of just like being okay, listen, doctor, whomever, I don't need to know how to stop them. I need to know how to fix them. And maybe they can draw upon this person to get those notes and information about the creatures of the night. And then last one, now you can come up with your own connections. You don't have to use the ones in the books, but I am going to use just the ones in the books. And I kind of like, so now we're on to which path is this? This is the ambition path. This, this is perfect actually underground laboratory. OK, and my character so knows of that lab that's kind of off the beaten path that knows that that are willing to take those chances that the schools or the research labs are not willing to take. OK. So those are the connections. I dig them. I totally dig them. And then we have quips now quips. And, and I think it's hard to throw the quips in here because. <sighs> I guess we should do trademarks on huh, Zach. Uh,
2: I think leaving. I don't know. Do you. Do you want to leave quips
0: for last? Maybe. Okay. I just don't remember how many trademarks they get. Two for archetype, one for ambition, and one for origin. Mm -hmm. So four total. So quips are things that um, they will add to your skills, or they give you skills. Sorry. Is that right, Zach?
2: Trademark. So a trademark is your character's signature move. That's what we're looking at, right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So... Trademarks are your character's specialized actions tied to a skill or a tribute. Yeah. So when they use a skill or a tribute in your trademark way, um, you gain two additional dice on the actions roll.
0: Right, right. Okay. So,
2: so So one, what is the what feeling do you want from your trademarks, and what mechanical benefit are you looking
0: for them as well? So let's start with the archetype, because that's where you get two, right?
2: Um, you can only invoke a trademark once per story.
0: Right. right, right. Yep. But for so one. You get two. Two trademarks for the archetype path, yes. Okay. We're going to use for the archetype path, according to my calculations, and this is both improbable I... and impossible. What are we going to say, Zach? Yeah. Okay. Well, w-
2: wait. Do these go to... Okay. Sorry, I was confused, but...
0: No, you're good, and I might have to change that because that might not work. Let me get my character sheet up here. Okay, so with your archetype uh, trademark, you need to look at the attributes that it used, right? So a perfect specimen uses culture, medicine, as well as stamina. So we said, according to my calculations, that uses enigma, science, and resolve. That is stuff that is super high with this character. Yeah, those are all things that... yeah. That makes sense. And it wouldn't make sense for me to do something like um, I have explored the area that requires pilot and survival unless I'm trying to, yeah, that just doesn't make sense. So I'm going to say that,
2: well, I, 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 like how it's combining together. Uh, you all, do already have, unless my notes deceive me, right? Oh, uh, that's a trope. Yeah. That's a trope. But I think that trope also comes into play for the same things that according to my calculations would. So it might be a thing where you'd be really, really good. Because you would get, you know, you would get that clue for free.
1: Right. But then you could also apply
2: your trademark. And so, I'm okay
1: with that. Okay. I think you're adding something like four extra dice at that point. Yeah, yeah I just, that's, and I'm
0: okay with that. I want this person to be the, the super brainiac the development of the group, so to speak. Okay. Okay, so then I need to. So what do we have there? According to my calculations, and um, this is both improbable and impossible, which pulls on integrity, science and composure. Uh, Integrity is only a one. Uh, Science is high and composure is high. I'm good with that. Okay. Um, So that's the archetype. So I get one path and one origin. Now, our
2: origin and archetype paths pulled from the same pool. Like you're still choosing from the professor trademarks, yes, right? Yes. Okay. Do you do you want to pick something that might help shore up uh, a weaker trait? Yeah, I was just in case because I think like a perfect specimen does give you some things for medicine, but also a little bit of culture and resolve.
0: Cool. Um, Let's do. A perfect is, specimen,
2: but there is also like. I have explored the area. I think might give you just a little bit of like a a boost just in case. So So we
0: can use let's just go ahead and use both of those and that'll finish up our trademarks. Okay.
2: Shore up some weaknesses just in case. Yep, because once again, like like with all storytelling and story path systems, it seems like the more dice you roll, the better off you're always going to be.
1: What was the last one? I got a perfect specimen and I have explored the area. Now,
0: quips, um, I don't know that we're able to do quips right now because that really is going to pull from the quip deck. Although I do think there are some quips in the book, aren't there?
1: Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I think the final, like, 30 pages or something was, or more than that. Very back of it. Yep, in the appendix. Yep, Appendix 1, page 253.
0: All right. So again, we just want to use the ones that are in the book. So the professor quips, there's several of them. Ooh, second one in, am I willing to pay the price? And I don't remember how many quips you get. Zach, do you remember how many quips we get for this? I'm trying to look it up now, but
2: I I, I am on my phone. So I'm trying to navigate this way. So I apologize if I seem to be looking down a lot. Character creation. I think you just...
1: Pick some. Is there an actual benefit to having a quip, or is it just? Roll yeah,
0: play? you can if if it d- goes well and if it's played out correctly, you can get an extra dice. Gotcha. All right, so we're just gonna do for the sake of time because we're way over time. We're just gonna do one more quip, and that's gonna be. I think if you're gonna be a character
2: that is trying to do something, I really like the pride one. Where is it? Does pride justify the means? Perfect. At it. I, I think that'd be a good one to be like you could
0: accomplish your path, but maybe now the price is too high. So know. we're gonna go to aspirations. We're gonna add two short-term aspirations. Number one, short-term aspir- aspirations is to encounter a werewolf. Gotta find one. Gotta find one. Okay. And I don't That's... know about the second one.
2: Find your sister? Or you is go. she is she? Is she gone?
0: Who knows? He doesn't. This this character doesn't okay.
2: know. Okay.
0: Is that okay. short or long, though? No, I think cure it. it. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Cure's so the long.
0: Your, find your sister, sibling. Yeah.
2: Because you have to find the sibling if you're going to cure them. There you go.
0: All right. Well, there's our character, guys.
2: I think once after, like, having done it, I think I could put one together in, like, five minutes. Yeah, fairly quickly. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, Nolan, if you don't mind, if you can, if you can save that with all the information filled out, send that to me and I'll throw that in the show notes so people can see it. Until then, uh, I know we, we do have D&D today and I got to get the house cleaned up. So we are going to go ahead and wrap up unless either of you have anything else. No, I
2: think this is kind of fun. It's nice to watch the it's nice to watch someone like put a
0: character together. Yeah. This is, I, I enjoy this. There are definitely times where I absolutely enjoy just building characters. I know Nolan does it quite a bit for D&D and it's fun to do it for different systems because it kind of gives you an idea how those other systems work too. Yeah. Well, cool. That is going to be our show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Not sure what we're going to be talking about next week, but we'll get it figured out as we always do. Until then, goodbye. See, ya. See you later,
2: everyone.